Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 2, Ajamil delivered by the Vishnu Dutas, text 36 to 37. We'll repeat 36 together. Vimuchyatam imam bandham Avijakama karmajam Savabhuta suhichanto Maitra Karuna Atmavan Vimuchyatam imam bandham Avijakama karmajam Sabhabhuta Suhir Chanto Maitra Karuna Atmavan Mochaye Grastam Atmanam Yosin Mayatma Mayaya Vikridito Yayaivaham Kridam Riga Ivadama To the word for translation Vimucha Having become free from Tam, that, imam, this, bandham, bondage, avijya, due to ignorance, kama, due to lusty desire, karmajam, caused by activities, sarvabhuta, of all living entities, suhit, friend, shantaha, very peaceful. Maitra, friendly. Karuna, merciful. Atmavan, self-realized. Mochaye, I shall disentangle. Grastam, encaged. Atmanam, my soul. Yositmaya, in the form of woman. Atmamayaya, by the illusory energy of the Lord. Vikridita, played with. Yaya, by which. Eva, certainly. Aham, I. Kridamigraha, a controlled animal. Eva, like. Adamaha, so fallen. Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. Because of identifying oneself with the body, one is subjected to desire. One is subjected to desires for sense gratification. And thus one engages in many different types of pious and impious action. This is what constitutes material bondage. Now I shall disentangle myself from my material bondage which has been caused by the Supreme Personality of God's Head's illusory energy in the form of a woman. Being a most fallen soul, I was victimized by the illusory energy and have become like a dancing dog led around by a woman's hand. Now I shall give up lusty desires and free myself from this illusion. 
I shall become a merciful, well-wishing friend to all living entities and always absorb myself in Krishna consciousness. Purport. This should be the standard of determination for all Krishna conscious persons. A Krishna conscious person should free himself from the clutches of Maya and he should also be compassionate to all others suffering in those clutches. The activities of the Krishna consciousness movement are meant not only for oneself but for others also. This is the perfection of Krishna consciousness. One who is interested in his own salvation is not as advanced in Krishna consciousness as one who feels compassion for others and who therefore propagates the Krishna consciousness movement. Such an advanced devotee will never fall down, for Krishna will give him special protection. That is the sum and substance of the Krishna consciousness movement. Everyone is like a play toy in the hands of the illusory energy and is acting as she moves him. One should come to Krishna consciousness to release oneself and also to release others. So, 36. All right, Ajamil delivered by the Vishnu Dutas. So, Ajamil is offering some prayers here. He's reciting some prayers out of his state of realization. So, we. Sorry? Oh. Oh. Right? Okay. Hope it doesn't go wobbly. Okay, so we're hearing here about um, the determination that is required in order for one to actually do anything in life. Right, so determination in a very simple way, we can see it as placing a firm intention over our emotions. When you're determined to do something, you have a plan you have an intention to act a specific way, and you put aside all emotions, whether it's from yourself or others, and you try to achieve whatever your desired plan is, whatever gratification style you're interested in. So if, for example, it could be you ha you're determined to um, become a bodybuilder, right? You wake up at the same time every day, you're drinking your protein shakes, your uh, BCE powders, you're training every day, and you're not thinking about who's saying what, oh, you should eat more, you're doing too much, you are focused on your goal. You're determined to become jacked up and like, you know, muscles, and the whole thing, you enter a competition, you keep going, you have a firm determination, 
and you're pushing aside whatever forms of emotions some may have, oh, I'm tired, I'm feeling lonely, this, it doesn't matter. You, ha you have this firm, this fixed determination to achieve, what do they call it, hashtag body goals? <laughs> These days, you have your body goals and you're trying to achieve it. And you become creative in the way you create your time and in how you're going to achieve that. Take someone who's addicted to, let's say, alcohol or some, any form of drug. You become very creative in acquiring that drug, in enjoying that drug, and in sustaining that lifestyle. So if a friend comes up to you with different feelings, mixed emotions, uh, you know, I've noticed that you become irritable, you're not the same person, we miss you, you get all these emotions thrown at you, but you push all of that aside because you need to get that fixed. So you hide your pills under, I don't know, the, the trash bucket, you hide them in your compost bin, you put, I don't know, alcohol in detergent containers. I mean, you become very creative because why? You, you are determined to satisfy that, that thirst to taste alcohol or smoke cigarettes or smoke pot or whatever the sense gratification is. You become creative and you push every type of emotion to the side so you can get that fixed, so you can get that high. So determination, it's not like only special people can become determined or it is a quality that is reserved for the most advanced or you know, your indigo children, the special children, or if you have a certain type of IQ. It is something that you can, you can aspire for, you can develop. As we see even in material existence, you need a form of determination to achieve your goal. So in Bhakti, um, in the 18th chapter, there is an um, explanation of determination in the three modes. And I'll quickly just go through, not quickly, but I'll, uh, we'll spend some time discussing this. So in 1833, Krishna said, um, O son of Prita, that determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness, by yoga practice and which thus controls the activities of the mind, life and senses is determination in the mode of goodness. So one who is steadfastly fixed in the supreme soul with determination concentrating one's mind, life, sensory activities on the supreme engages in Krishna consciousness. That sort of determination is in the mode of goodness. So this is the type of person who is engaged in Krishna conscious activities. So their determination actually leads them to a life of controlled and regulated living, whether it's through the mind, the senses, and the body. So this is actually something that is very good for uh, bhaktas or those on, you know, some of us on the neophyte level, that we develop this type of determination. And in text 34, Yayutu dharma karmatan rutya dare terjuna pasengena palakkangshi dutrisapatarajasi but that determination by which one holds fast to fruit results in religion, economic development, and sense gratification is of the nature of passion. Right? When we're always desirous of fruit of activities, whether it's dharma, atakama, or moksha, these are all limited because they, they fall within the material scope. Um, we desire 
to enjoy these things in a specific way. So there is, a, like I mentioned, there's a certain type of determination that is required to achieve anything. And that determination by which, which cannot go beyond dreaming, fearfulness, lamentation, moroseness, and illusion, such unintelligent determination, O son of Preta, is in the mode of darkness. So our entire life is actually boxed in to these feeling of moroseness, to whether it's daydream or nightdream. We're actually caged in. We cannot perform activities that are liberating for the body or for the mind. What you speak of controlling the, the body, the senses, and the mind. So this type of determination, of course, is steeped in ignorance. It's oversleeping. It's overeating. It's... It's just being in a state of moroseness, hankering, lamentation. It keeps us actually uh, vibrating on a lower frequency, on a lower vibration. So that is not the type of determination that we're actually interested in. We can practice bhakti with determination. And Krishna points that out in different parts of the Bhagavad Gita. So when Krishna is explaining the yoga ladder in the sixth chapter, Krishna explains that one should engage in the practice of yoga with determination and faith and not be deviated from the path. One should abandon without exception all material desires born of mental speculation and thus control all the senses on all sides by the mind. So beginning of genuine yoga practice means our mind, our senses have to be controlled. Otherwise, how can we speak of actually being a yogi if we have uncontrolled mind and senses? So in this, in this purport, Prabhupada gives the analogy that many of us know. Can we remember which is the analogy from those who studied Bhagavad Gita or Bhakti Shastri? that analogy that explains the um, determination. The sparrow. So the first time I heard this, I was like, oh, it's such a nice little story. But over the years, when you begin to contemplate what this actually means, that we practice but with determination, even in the nectar of instruction, um, this is a quality that is very, very important. Srila Rupa Goswami, um, in the text three of Nectar of Instruction, uh, speaks about the um, determination. Utsahan nischad dharyat tatat kama pravatanat sangatyaga satovriti sadvi bhakti prasiddhiti. Now, one can execute the process of bhakti yoga successfully with full knowledge, with a full hearted enthusiasm, perseverance, and determination by following the prescribed duties in the association of devotees and by engaging completely in the activities of goodness. So in this analogy of the sparrow, going back to that, the sparrow laid her eggs on the shore of the ocean and the ocean decided to swallow those eggs and carry them away through its waves. So the sparrow, of course, was very distressed and wanted the ocean to return her eggs. And the ocean 
if we think of what the ocean is, it is very vast, it is very deep. No one really knows how deep the ocean is. Um, it is turbulent, there's so many forms of life living there, so many different conditions at different times. And then you have a little sparrow. I mean, a little sparrow can literally sit here. And that sparrow um, was determined to get their, its eggs back. And it said, I will, even if I have to drink all the water out of the ocean, this is what I'm going to do. So someone may say, oh, you know, that's a nice sentiment. You know, the little sparrow is trying so hard. But if you think about it deeply, this act of wanting to drown the ocean or wanting to uh, remove all the ocean water by a tiny little sparrow, we could say is an impossible act. It is absolutely impossible. And if we think about all the metaphors that sometimes and the analogies Prabhupada is giving in his books, you know, the, the material world is like an ocean of nescience, right? You get tossed by the waves, you're thrown here, you're drowning in the ocean of misery, it's turbulent, there's waves crashing. If you're lucky, you'll get a lifeboat, you'll be saved. But in general, the material world is like being thrown into the, in the middle of the ocean and you can't swim, pretty much. It's like, it's, it's over. It seems impossible that if a person who does not know, has no knowledge of swimming, gets thrown into the ocean, that they're actually going to survive. It's like, nah, it's not really possible. You know, the water is extremely cold. There's waves, there's sharks, there's killer whales. There's all sorts of things that we still don't know. The harsh weather, I mean, all the odds are against you. It's, an, it's impossible. In the same way, it looks impossible for this little sparrow to actually drown the ocean, to get all the water out. It's impossible. But if we think deeper into the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, that yes, we have our endeavor. And as Prabhupada mentions at the end of the purport, God helps those who help themselves. So the little sparrow is showing, I am determined, I'm going to do this. It looks impossible. The living entity in the material clutches, it looks impossible. How are we going to get out? We have a body that is riddled <laughs> with uh, so much drama, right? Imperfect senses, you know, we're illusioned, we make mistakes. Adi Atmika, Adi Devika, Adi Bautika, all day long. Right, there's living entities that are just bugging us all the time. Our own mind can be our greatest enemy. And then the minds of others, the three modes of material nature. Uh, so you have all these things going on, time, karma, desire, material desire, sense gratification, illusion, I mean anger, envy, fear, madness, illusion. It's all happening all at once. So we may think it's, it looks impossible to actually be in this material world and practice Krishna consciousness because there is so much that we are hit with from the type of bodies that we have that are very weak. It's difficult to understand philosophy. It's difficult to remember. It's difficult to stay on the course because there's so much uh, enticing Activity, there's so many enticing activities out there. So it may seem impossible as well for us. Ah, oh, I can't do this. While I'm young and healthy, oh, 
I'm pushed to enjoy and my body is great. It wants to feel, it wants to enjoy with others. I'll do it when I'm in my 80s, when I can't really do anything with my body, I'll sit and chant. It seems impossible in the same way that it seemed impossible for this sparrow to actually achieve the desired result of emptying out the water from the ocean. But as we understand that this sparrow was determined and now we don't always, we're not always acting alone. There's so many higher powers that are out there watching us. The super soul is in the heart. The devotees of the Lord are there. The Lord himself is there. And in this instance, Garuda noticed the, this determination of this sparrow. Um, the news had spread so wide that Garuda, the carrier of Lord Vishnu, had heard about this activity that was going on and was so impressed that he turned up and he reprimanded the ocean and asked the ocean to return the eggs. So by our own little efforts, although it may seem impossible to achieve just stability in Krishna consciousness or to go an entire life following strictly the rules of bhakti, that we do our very best and the Lord's mercy is there. The Lord's devotees are there. And by our own strength, yes, it seems impossible, but the Lord is very merciful. And the devotees of the Lord are merciful that they will come and help us develop the qualities needed for us to sustain our bhakti and to keep growing in our Krishna consciousness. So this, this analogy of the sparrow, this determination is, is something that is needed because sometimes even when um, Krishna consciousness appears to be a very difficult job, <laughs> very difficult to achieve, um, we should practice bhakti. This verse says, that's quoted by Prabhupada the, from Upadeshamrita, with enthusiasm, perseverance, and determination. It may take a very long time. We may not see any results. I'm not tasting the bliss, what's going on. I'm following the process. I'm not jumping up for joy. Tears are not coming out of my eyes like torrents of rain. I'm not feeling that intense attraction for the deities, for the Lord. This is not working. But in the purport to this verse, Shri Prabhupada mentions that we should be very, very patient, remain enthusiastic, and be determined. Just because we're not seeing the results immediately, which is a result of, you know, the mode of passion. We're conditioned to see the results straight away. When that doesn't happen, we may become doubtful. Ah, oh, this Krishna consciousness thing doesn't work. And so we should be very patient and continue with enthusiasm and determination. And the Lord, as Prabhupada says, he helps those who help themselves. When we follow the process that is given, we have nothing else but to wait for the Lord's mercy to reciprocate because it is the Lord who will give the inner strength, the realizations, and the understanding. And in that way, we can continue day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, lifetime after lifetime. But all that patience, um, there is definitely some nectar to be had. So it is a lesson for us, just as the sparrow patiently, enthusiastically, and with determination started sipping the water out, so too shall we continue to chant Hare Krishna with determination to follow the processes of bhakti, even when it seems like it's impossible, I'm not going to make it. 
Krishna is the supreme independent. Krishna can intervene whenever he wants and Krishna himself says um, he will always be there for his devotee. He sustains what the devotee has and carries what they lack. So the Lord will always be there to help us along the way. But this determination is very, very important. That's mentioned in this verse. Uh, A Krishna conscious person should free himself from the clutches of Maya and should also be compassionate to all others suffering in the clutches. So we're not only practicing Krishna consciousness for ourselves, but we're trying to help as many people as we can. That is just uh, a natural quality, hopefully, of human civilization. It may not be seen so much out there. It's every man for himself these days. But um, we're practicing Krishna consciousness, and once you taste that sweetness, that nectar, once we feel that relief and the higher taste, we want to share it with others. And this is what um, a devotee strives to do. We don't just want to keep Krishna to ourselves, but we want to share Krishna with others. I thought that was a very um, important point that we're not just in it for ourselves. We want to understand who we are, first of all, right? We have um, the living entity. We are, as this verse says, um, we are entangled, like we are bound by a road. We're in the clutches of material existence. We're in maya, right? We think that we are something that we are not. And that's what maya means, is ma, not, ya, this. We are not this new identity that we've formed for ourselves. So we think, I'm man, I'm woman, I'm Indian, I'm German, I'm South African, I'm this, yes, Temporarily, we have um, been given these, these bodies by material nature uh, based on our past desires and our past karmas. That is the fact, but that's not who we are intrinsically. That's not who we are eternally. It is a temporary state of existence. Once we break away from that, and that is all due to a lack of knowledge, misidentifying with the body as the self is is based on ignorance, not understanding really who we are, where we're coming from, and where we're going. So due to a lack of knowledge in the absolute reality, we are covered in an illusion of thinking we're the body, we're the mind, and because of that, we, we think that we're actually separate entities from the Lord, that we're eternally removed from the Lord, We have nothing to do with Krishna or whoever, whatever name we choose to call the Lord. We separate ourselves from Krishna. And because of that separation, we form um, further ideas and identities of who we think we are. So that pushes us further and further down the hole. It becomes difficult for us to understand our true nature. So when we have perfect knowledge... On the, of the supreme of Krishna, of who we are, we understand that Krishna is the supreme shelter of all living entities and that we are parts and parcels of that supreme Lord, that we, we, we then become no longer entangled in the energy 
in the external energy. We become attracted more to Krishna's uh, internal energy and we want to give pleasure to Krishna. So striving for, for complete knowledge is something that will help us understand who we are. Hence, we, we have all these wonderful books like the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. When we understand more about Krishna, we understand who we are, we understand the nature of the material world and what our relationship is to both. We are here temporarily, we're in these bodies temporarily, but what is permanent um, is our Satchit Ananda um, identity and the source of that, that is the Supreme Lord and our happiness lies in connecting with our ultimate source, Krishna. So it is our responsibility to educate ourselves and then to also share that knowledge um, with others so that they can also become free from the clutches of the material energy. We don't just want to keep, it, keep that understanding, that knowledge for ourselves. The activities of the Krishna Consciousness Movement are matched not only for oneself but for others also. This is perfection in Krishna Consciousness. One who is interested in his own salvation is not as advanced in Krishna Consciousness as one who feels compassion for others and who therefore propagates the Krishna Consciousness Movement. So here's a um, Prabhupada trying to inspire us to actually elevate our Krishna Consciousness by giving it to others. The more you give Krishna, the more you actually want to taste Krishna for yourself. Now we become very selfless um, in this attitude of giving Krishna that we also become pleased. But if we just keep something to ourselves, something that is extremely beneficial for humanity, it's not really a great sign of com compassion. And we want to help other people. And the more we do this, the closer we are to the Lord's lotus feet, the more we are sheltered under the Lord's guidance because the external energy, as Krishna explains in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, his, you know, Devi hai esha guna mai mama maya duratraya. Krishna explains that this, this energy of his is very, very difficult to overcome. It is his energy. Although, yes, it covers the living entities, it conditions the living entities, by ourselves, it is very difficult to overcome this material energy, but when we take shelter of Krishna, when we approach Krishna, we get given that, you know, that complete knowledge, that perfect knowledge and the understanding about how not to mess around with the external energy. Or it's kind of like, you know, we're playing with fire. Fire burns. Why? No matter what we say, fire always burns. If we play around with the material energy without understanding the role of the material energy and what it does when the living entity is in forgetfulness of their identity and who the Lord is and their relationship, it further covers us and it just throws off off course. And hence, in the third chapter of the Gita, um, Arjuna asks a question, really, and this question has a lot to do with... Um, how our determination gets sabotaged along the way. Krishna asks Arjuna, what is it actually, Krishna, that impels us to act, even though we don't want to? What is it that forces us to do such silly, dangerous things on the quest of trying to enjoy? 
Even though at the back of our head we know, no, this is not, we shouldn't be doing this. What is that energy that is pushing us forward? The all-devouring sinful enemy of this world. That little section of the Gita, the first time I, I read it, I was like, whoa, I can relate. You're out there trying to enjoy yourself, you know, I really shouldn't be doing this. It's not the best thing for me. It's not that beneficial, but I can't help it. I don't know how many times or if it ever came to you. I'm like, oh, I can't help it. I just need to. I can't help it. No control over my mind. No control. The sense that I just like, I want it. I want it. I want it. Right? So we have this I can't help it mentality. We have this FOMO, this fear of missing out. I'm 16. Everyone else is doing it, mom. Everyone else is going out and doing it. Like whatever my parents, and it's like, everyone else is doing it. All my friends are wearing this. All my friends have this. Da, 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 da. And my parents used to just and say, well, you're not all your friends, and sorry, this is not happening. Well, we have this fear of missing out, and, but we just feel like there's this huge push. Oh, I need to experience this. I want this. And so Arjuna, for our sake, is asking, okay, what is this? What is this energy that we cannot see? What is this thing that we cannot see that is pushing us to act, even though we know, hmm, not so good for me? And Krishna explains the Supreme Personality of God as Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Kama Esha Kroda Esha, Raja Guna Samudbhava, Mahasana Mahapapam, Viji Enam Iha Vairinam. The Supreme Personality of God had said, It is lust only, O Arjuna, which is born of contact with the material mode of passion and later transformed into wrath, and which is the all-devouring sinful enemy of this world. Right, so this, this lusty propensity, here in the, in the example of Ajamil, this lusty propensity for him that what sabotaged his determination, he was more of a Kamrakandi type of Brahmana with a little bit of Vishnu Bhakti sprinkled there. This self-defeating behavior for him came in the way of a loose woman, right? The prostitute that he saw, he became aroused, attracted, and therefore he left his very good wife, then became attached to her, and they uh, further engaged in many activities that were not becoming of a brahmana, whether it's a kamakanda brahmana, whatever type. Right, so this selfish desire or this selfish desire is actually lead us into this dangerous road of developing more and more lusty propensities. So we had a separate selfish desire. And when that is not satisfied, as we read later on in the Gita, when our lust is not satisfied, whether it is lusting for a body, lusting for a sense object, when that is not satisfied, it angers and leads to frustration. Oh, how come? Why is this not working for me? It's, it seems to be working for everyone else. Why am I not feeling this? I'll try again. So you endeavor, you know, year after year, decade after decade, you're chasing all these sense objects because there is a lusty propensity. And that lust really is driven by selfish desires. We have misplaced desires because we have a 
misplaced identity. We think we're the body, therefore do everything for the body, the senses, which means when you're young, it's like at any age, it's the raging hormones, right? Or you feel like this today, feel like that tomorrow, feel like this today, feel like that tomorrow. And sometimes it's feel like this in the morning, feel like that in the afternoon. So it is a constantly changing scenario where you are chasing sense objects, you're fueling your lusty desires, and you're further implicating yourself by developing a selfish uh, desires. So when you're trapped in that, it is very, very difficult to see how you are a spirit soul. Because right, you're just trapped in the body and the body's necessities, what the body's demanding. And with an uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses comes an uncontrolled body. So this selfish desire, lusty propensities, this sabotages our determination in bhakti. Like if we get into that cycle of having material desires, desires that have a beginning, middle, and end, desires that are futile, desires that are limited just to the temporary body, that is going to sabotage our long-term vision of practicing Krishna consciousness because we get easily trapped by that material energy. It is so overwhelming that the living entity by themselves, when they try to conquer the material energy, it's a, it's a sinking ship. We are going to lose without a doubt. Only when we actually understand this energy in relation to Krishna, when we understand that this is Krishna's external energy, it is coming from Krishna, but it's not meant to be enjoyed by the living entity because it, it leads us to nothing but misery over and over again. So this is Arjuna asking on our behalf, quite honestly, and... It's not that Arjuna doesn't understand these things. Of course, Arjuna understands. But we're meant to try to understand this knowledge and use this knowledge to free ourselves from bondage and then free others as well. Lust and wrath, when they are employed in Krishna consciousness, become our friends instead of our enemies. So that lust is transformed into love. We can transform our lust into love. We engage in loving propensities with others. We see others as parts and parcels of Krishna. So if you see others as your own brothers and sisters, look at how we treat our own brothers and sisters with love, with affection, with compassion. So if we extend that using this spiritual vision, right? if we extend that and we see everyone as Aham Brahmasmi, everyone is a spirit soul. Eternally part and parcel of the Lord. If we extend and we use that vision, then we will treat others with the utmost compassion. So this section that Krishna is um, speaking to Arjuna about, getting Arjuna to see how it is that the living entity gets conditioned and stuck into developing material desires, nasty propensities. As fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by dust, and as the ember is covered by the womb, the living entity is similarly covered by different degrees of lust. So there's different degrees, different intensities and coverings. But at the end of the day, it is still lust, and it is something that 
we are trying to get rid of. We're trying to transform that lust into love. And we do that by transforming the nature of our desires. Are we desiring for just the temporary? Or are we desiring for something that will give us eternal pleasure for eternal benefit? So this human form of life is, is a chance for the living entity to actually escape the entanglement of creating material desires, because once material desires are seated in the heart, they are planted, they take some time, they will sprout, and they will develop more seeds for material enjoyment. So this human form of life is actually meant for us to conquer this lusty propensity, conquer it by engaging in spiritual life, in spiritual activities, and cultivate Krishna consciousness. That is how we can save um, ourselves. We cultivate Krishna consciousness under able guidance, as Prabhupada mentions. So we cultivate our Krishna consciousness, and then we also help others. And as it says in this, um, in this purport that... Um, One should come to Krishna consciousness to release oneself and to also release others. You know, when you're on the plane, I haven't been on a plane in so long, but <laughs> I think we all remember when they do their whole safety thing, whatnot, this is their exit, blah, blah. They always mention in case of emergency, the mask collapse if you need oxygen. You don't just, oh, let me just put on everyone else and then, no, the most intelligent thing to do is put the mask on yourself and then help others that are sitting next to you. And that is what they also say on the plane. We help ourselves, we make sure that we, are, we have a good standard, good sadhana, and then we help others try to achieve the same, or even better. So this is the, the nature of a devotee. This is the goal of the Krishna consciousness movement purposes. It's the sum and substance that um, we feel compassion for others and therefore we try to propagate and uh, preach this Krishna consciousness to help others come out of the clutches of Maya. A very nice verse that um, is in the fifth canto by Prahlad Maharaj who is residing in, um, in a planet where they worship Lord Nishingadev on Jambu Dweep. So the chapter is called, The Residents of Jumbo Deep Offer Prayers. And it is Canto 5, Chapter 18, Text 9. Swasti astu vishvasya kala prasidatam jayantu bhutani shiva mitodhya manas chabhadram bhajatad adokshaje avishyatam no mati api ahaituki. May they be good fortune throughout the universe, and may all envious persons be set pacified. May all living entities become calm by practicing bhakti yoga. For by accepting devotional service, they will think of each other's welfare. Therefore, let us all engage in the service of the Supreme Transcendence, Lord Sri Krishna, and always remain absorbed in thought of Him. And this is a very beautiful verse, but what's come... What struck me the most is that by accepting devotional service, we will think of each other's welfare. 
So the more we practice bhakti, when you accept Krishna, when we get that complete knowledge of who we are, who Krishna is, what this world is, how we got here and how we can go back, when we understand and when we have that complete knowledge, we will want to share it with others. We will want our compassion, will keep growing to the extent that we share Krishna with others. We try to connect the living entities to the Supreme Master Krishna. And this is why Prahlad Maharaj therefore says, by accepting devotional service, we will think of each other's welfare because we will have a clear understanding. In the Prabhupada, Prabhupada opens up by uh, quoting the verse, Prabhupada mentions that this verse describes a Vaishnav. Right, just like a desired tree, a Vaishnav can fulfill all desires of everyone taking shelter of the lotus feet. So we are taking shelter of the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada and the entire Parampara. And we're trying to follow in their footsteps. We're trying to share this Krishna consciousness um, with others so that they can come out of the tight grip, come out of the clutches, uh, become unbound from the shackles of, of Maya, of material existence. And by doing this way, engaging in Krishna conscious activities, um, not only are we saving ourselves, but we can also save others. And we can show uh, compassion to all uh, the living entities that are around us. So in this way, Ajamil is um, praying. Ajamil is explaining how he himself has got entangled, uh, how he developed his lusty uh, desires, and how he can break through from these lusty desires by absorbing in Krishna consciousness. And when you do that, you can also share that Krishna consciousness with others and help them also become absorbed. And I'll stop here and I'll ask if there are any comments or questions. Mahatma Prabhu. You speak up, Prabhu. I'll repeat the question. Maybe there's no battery. Can speak loud, I'll repeat it here. Yep.
Yep. What what is Krishna consciousness? Being conscious of the supreme reality. In a way that children can understand, Krishna consciousness means that we use our entire body, all our senses, in trying to remember Krishna. So by eating foodstuffs that are offering to Krishna, bringing our body to holy places, dancing in kirtan, hearing about Krishna, chanting Krishna's glories, enacting Krishna's pastimes, reading, coloring about Krishna, learning about Krishna's pastimes even from a very young age. These are all the ways that we can become conscious of Krishna. Becoming conscious of Krishna is something that anyone can do. Prabhupada, there is a story in the Lilamrita and many other places where um, Mother Malati's little daughter would go out on the street with a little Krish- flyer or Krishna book, I can't remember, and she would go up to people and just say, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and she'd pass out. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, just like that. So we're using our existence to remember Krishna and to remember who we are in relation to Krishna. So that is, a, in simple, that is Krishna conscious. We use our entire body, mind, and senses to remember who Krishna is and to engage in service to Krishna. To? Increase our love, not only increase, but to remember that we actually have a loving relationship with Krishna. What you speak of increasing it. Because at this point, we don't remember. We don't remember anything at all. At least I don't. I don't remember, you know, what you speak of Krishna. I don't even remember my past life, (laughs) what I was doing. But our eternal father, our shelter, that relationship can't remember. And hence, when we engage in activities that are saturated with Krishna, slowly we, we wake up from the from the sleep, that w- the slumber that we're in. Hearing and chanting. Yeah. Yeah, we chant the holy name purely. We, I mean, we can go deeper and deeper, but chanting, hearing about Krishna, they're all nine processes of bhakti. Prabhupada has tried to give that to us in the morning program. So the more we do all of that, the more we can remember who Krishna is and who we are. That's Krishna consciousness. I hope the kids understand. You had a question, Prabhu? (laughs) 
Sparrow's my hero. <laughs> How to stay determined every day. This is not just a question whether it's our spiritual life or just material duties. You know, the show must go on. So as Ashura Rupa Goswami mentions that we endeavor with, you know, we practice our Krishna consciousness with enthusiasm, steadfastness and determination. Um, so in the purport, you know, when we look at the word steadfast, means even amidst difficulties, we continue. And even when it's not easy, we continue. And we trust that Krishna will give us the strength to go through. Because as you mentioned, it's not always easy. So for me, I always think back to the pastimes. I always look for um, stories in the Bhagavatam or I look at the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you very much. <laughs> I look at the Bhagavad Gita and I study what Arjuna was going through, right? Arjuna was initially determined, yes, you know, they took our kingdom, they disrespected our wife, this is, uh, uh, we're on the battlefield, this is, we're fighting for the sake of Dharma, Krishna's my chariot here, they sounded their, you know, the Devadatta, the Panchajanya, you know, Arjuna was very, he was enthusiastic, he was determined, I'm gonna fight this war. And when he said to Krishna, just drive me to the middle, I want to see who's on the opposing side, then all of a sudden, it's like his enthusiasm, determination just did that. It plummeted, right? Because he was now emotionally aggrieved. That's my grandfather, these are my cousins, my friends. How can I enjoy a kingdom after all the slaughter? How can I be praised once I kill husbands and fathers? What will happen to the state of, you know, the community once all these fathers are not here? So he began to lament, and you could say his Krishna consciousness kind of stalled because instead of thinking their spirit souls, they're going to be elevated, Krishna is here, Krishna himself later on will say it anyway. Instead of seeing through the philosophy, he was connecting more on the bodily, these are my relatives, these are my friends, and therefore, he didn't want to continue. Dropped his bow and arrow, dropped to his knees, and he said to Krishna, I cannot fight. I can't do it. So he also had a difficult situation. I always study then what happens. Krishna is always there. Krishna never left Arjuna's side. Even when Arjuna gave his five reasons. And legitimate reasons. Right? Out of compassion, out of thinking about the communities, out of you know, thinking about the children who will be fatherless, who will continue with the sacrifices, how will Dharma continue if we kill all these people? So he made some sound arguments. And it seemingly looked like he was just down and out, he wasn't going to do it. But Krishna listened to him throughout it all. And Krishna started guiding him. So whenever I feel like, okay, I'm not tasting any nectar when I chant Hare Krishna, it's been so many years. Um, am I doing something wrong? There's no flavor. There's no sweetness anymore. Krishna's taken it away. I can't feel Krishna anymore. Maybe I should stop. So we could say Arjuna maybe felt 
in a similar disposition. There's no, I, I cannot fight the sword because there's just nothing in it. It doesn't seem Krishna conscious, etc. But Arjuna, Krishna then starts speaking to him using the philosophy, advising him that, you know, this is how the world works. This, is, this war is going to go on whether you choose to fight or not. So similarly for us, when we go, we lose our determination or enthusiasm. Let's look at the pastime, look at Haridas Thakur, look at different personalities, how they struggled. Look at the Goswamis, right? Amazing personalities, but they also had obstacles. The Pandavas, look at Queen Kunti, right? You have to go through that. And each time these difficulties came, the one thing that I always remember from the life of Queen Kunti that she said every time she went through difficulty, she came out stronger. So every time we think, oh, I don't have enough, my enthusiasm is done, I can't do this, you're going to come out stronger as long as you keep going. That's the one thing the Acharya's advises. Even if you don't feel like there's anything, you're not tasting anything or you're stagnant, we don't stop, we keep chanting. And we trust that Krishna is there because Krishna has shown that no matter what, I will always be there. He's shown it with Arjuna. He's shown it with the Pandavas. He showed it with Queen Kunti. I'm not leaving although you're going through difficulties, although you feel stagnant, although things are not making sense. Turn to me, I am here. So when we get to those moments, my honest realization, when we get to those moments, those are the moments when we turn to Krishna and we need to heighten our Krishna consciousness even more whether it is taking more shelter of the holy name or doing our service more uh, sternly, trying to go deeper into our bhakti practice. It doesn't mean that Krishna has, okay, this one is struggling. See you in five years, Krishna is going to focus on someone else. Krishna never leaves us. But these are tests of um, faith and they're also ways in which we can actually grow in bhakti, because then we're for, forced to take a look and say what's going on. Then we reevaluate everything. Uh, we reevaluate, re how am I doing this? Am I attentive? Am I a bit wishy-washy? Am I being offensive? Then we start looking at every single thing that we're doing, and we make a, an effort to actually do things with the right consciousness. Whereas if these moments never come, oh yeah, I'll schnick, schnick, rum, rum my way back to Godhead, Right? These are ways in which, you know, we can get to take stock of our senses and our bhakti and see what am I doing right? Am I slacking here? Am I less attentive? Am I just doing it for the sake of doing it? Am I offensive? Then we're forced to go deep and have a look at what we're doing. Without that, we may take it for granted. So when we're going through that, um, continue what we're doing, but have a study of your bhakti and see where you're at in the association of devotees. And under proper guidance, we can emerge even stronger than what we thought we'd, we'd come out. I hope that helps. Yes, Maharaji. We don't go with the compassion? No, she's still asking it.
Okay, so the question is, we were talking about compassion and how in the verse it says that um, uh, when one is in Krishna consciousness, we feel compassion for others and that is the sum and substance of the Krishna consciousness movement that we want to share and give Krishna to others. Yet sometimes when we go out, we're not really going out because of compassion. We just want to get, you know, a high, 100 books, Savya Mataji, 100 points, Haribo. We go for, for those roles for those reasons instead of just um, feeling compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Um, is that, that's right? That's what you're asking? So how, um, how can we develop more compassion instead of, I want, I've done a hundred books. Right, so um, that's a very honest question coming from a very young devotee. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. Even some of us, you know, we used to go, yeah, I want to do X amount of books. And then secondarily, yeah, yeah, I want to help the conditioned souls. But as we continue to go and we get purified on book distribution, I don't know about you, but sometimes I had days where I just go out for six hours and I'll just distribute one book. Right, Krishna humbles you quite a bit. So the more you go out, the more purified you'll get and your desires as to why you're going out uh, transform over time. Yes, that is the case. Sometimes we just want to distribute as many books as we can. Even that act of going out, you know, out of the goodness of your heart, even just that act of taking your time, you could be at home with your friends playing, doing stuff, but you chose to go out. That in itself is, is an act of compassion. Like you're going to go and do something for, for someone else's benefit, but you also want the benefit. You also want to get, you know, nice book scores. But over time, this desire gets purified. Over time, we'll be able to see that actually people need this. People need help. People need this knowledge so that they can live in a sane, with a sane consciousness. So over time, that desire does get purified if we keep doing the service and if we keep praying to Krishna, help me do this for the right reasons. Instead of just for my pleasure, I want to do this for your pleasure. So it doesn't mean that you stop, oh, now I'm interested in book scores, I shouldn't be doing this. Keep doing it and Krishna will purify the desire and the reason as to why we do it. And it's just not with book distribution, it's with everything. I want to do a nice kirtan so everyone can hear my voice. Right, we do kirtan for the pleasure of the Lord, not so that you can become the next star. But as we do kirtan, the more you do, we get purified, then the desire also gets purified. So it's with every service, not just book distribution. Thank you for the question. Yeah, exactly. So there's nothing in my brief stint in Krishna consciousness, there's nothing as inspiring as seeing someone hear about Krishna for the first time. Just the look on their face, how they, be, how they become alive and enthused. There's just nothing that has fulfilled my heart, like seeing someone hear about Krishna and appreciate Krishna for the first time. It's just, it's something that I'm constantly chasing. I want people to learn about Krishna because just seeing someone come to Krishna finally is like, wow, right? So it helps me in my Krishna consciousness. 
it gives me those realizations that I need, but also for that person, they're finally getting to connect with the ultimate source, Krishna. So yeah, it's very inspiring. And it's necessary, it keeps you going actually, and it keeps your Krishna consciousness alive and full of life and flavor. When you're actually sharing Krishna with others and you discuss about Krishna, they have doubts, you help them, then you're further also preaching to yourself and checking your understanding. Oh yeah, I could have answered that better. Maybe I need to read more about this. I'll speak to this devotee. They can help me explain to this type of person, etc. So then you're also forced to work on your Krishna consciousness for the sake of uh, explaining it better to others, for the sake of presenting it better to others. So everyone is actually uh, benefited by, by giving Krishna. Okay, thank you very much. Grantrachimad Bhavatam Kijai, Shla Prabhupada Kijai, Go Pramanande Hari Hari Bhul.